Hi there, listeners. It's Farnoosh. And I just want to say I'm really honored that you've chosen to subscribe to So Money. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there. The fact that you're here is not lost on me. Now, if you're enjoying these episodes and you're benefiting from the advice and you want more, I've actually created something really special for us. It's called the So Money Members Club. It's an online platform where you can connect more closely with me and engage with fellow So Money fans who want to become more empowered in their financial lives. The website is So Money members.com. And when you go there, you'll learn all the benefits, including exclusive monthly finance workshops, private group calls with me. You get your questions answered in our member community. I'm often in there weighing in, and you get instant access to all of our workshop recordings. We have a robust library that's growing so far. We've had workshops on investing in real estate, kids and money, and how to earn more in 2024. And most of all, it's fun, positive, encouraging, all the things personal finance should be. Go to somoneymembers.com and I hope you'll join us. I'm limiting enrollment and doors will close soon. Check out somoneymembers.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hosting the So Money Podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money Members Club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with Tap to Pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So Money episode 1604, Profiting from Polish, a conversation with Olive and June founder and CEO, Sarah Gibson Tuttle. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I'm always afraid of running out of money. And so when we were fundraising for the Series A, and as we're becoming profitable, and I'm trying to raise five, seven million dollars, an advisor pulled me aside and said, Do you need this funding? You're you're profitable right now and you're on this path to stay profitable. How much money do you actually need? Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Today, we have the rare opportunity to sit down with visionary CEO, Sarah Gibson Tuttle, who is the founder of Olive and June. Sarah is a trailblazer in the beauty industry. She's known for redefining the at-home manicure experience 
so you never have to be embarrassed by your DIY nails. Sarah talks about the story behind starting Olive and June all the way back in 2013. It began as a physical location in Beverly Hills. Today, the salons are gone, but the brand has scaled. Right before the pandemic, Olive and June introduced an at-home system and line of products, and they never looked back. Sarah talks about the astronomical growth experienced in 2020 when the company grew 1,500%, the truth about funding the business and why she turned down venture capital, and the importance of diversification in her business for sustainability and growth. Here's Sarah Gibson Tuttle. Sarah Gibson Tuttle, welcome to So Money. As I said before, we were filming and taping. I'm a stalker slash super fan. I think of you every time my daughter and I use our Olive and June home kit and put on our nails. Thank you so much for inventing that. And thank you for coming on So Money. I'm excited to learn about your journey and all your insights. I'm very excited to be here. I'm mostly excited that we are your at-home nail journey. That makes me very, very happy. Who knew that the nail industry needed disruption? But I guess coming from uh, the financial world and having such an eye for aesthetic and also being the, the, having the brain that you do, you saw an opportunity where others didn't. And I want to get into your finance background, but I'm, I'm most curious to know, like, what was the aha moment for you? And you were like, I think this is going to be where I'm going to hang my hat. I think I'm going to go into the nail industry and reconfigure some things. And boy, did you. I have always been obsessed with my nails. So when I was a little girl, I didn't have a parent who was like, let's take out the Olive and June Manny system and do our nails. It wasn't that didn't happen for me. My dad didn't let me paint my nails. And so I was obsessed with my nails being painted naturally. And below my bed, like underneath my bed, I had a little bag of nail polishes that every time he was on a work trip, I would paint my nails. And it always made me feel a certain way, depending on the color. And the it just created a manny mood for me. And so I've always been obsessed Then I started working in finance on Wall Street. And every week, my indulgence was to get my nails done. It it made me feel like an adult. It made me feel ready to take on the world, ready to tackle this job that admittedly, I got a C plus in intro to econ and probably wasn't super prepared for. Um, Luckily, it was more sales than fundamentals. But it, it always made me feel like I could do anything and put together and a real adult. And so then it became, wait a second, how do we bottle this feeling literally? And that's where this, this beautiful nails for everyone mission started. And obviously it started in the salon business, um, really making those like those nails possible at an affordable price and really like this is a wonderful experience. But then that mission really kind of went back to basics of beautiful nails for everyone when we launched the product line. So it's always been about, I'm obsessed with nails. They make me feel a certain way. I know how they make other people feel. And how do we make this actually possible for everyone everywhere to feel this way with their nails done? You know, the passion was there, but the pivot still requires a business savvy and an understanding of retail and sales. And and how did you begin to master that? I think in my audience, there are probably uh, listeners who are like, I want to pivot from one industry to the, to another. I want to go from corporate to entrepreneur. 
but there is that learning curve. And so when you were making that transition, at least like, let's take year one, what were you consuming? What were you learning? What were, what were the failures? You know, what's interesting is that my parents are both entrepreneurs. So I have always had a sense of you can do it energy in my house and from my parents and definitely my dad. We have, we have some similar personality traits and he absolutely would reiterate that messaging to me that you can do it. You can, you can do anything you put your mind to and, and watching them both. My dad started, worked in finance and had a few um, firms that he started. And my mom went from nursing, she was an incredible um, NICU nurse, and she went from nursing to owning uh, kitchen stores. And so I was able to see two people really try, like create something from nothing. And so I had that energy. I think the, I, because I was obsessed with nails and because I had, you know, I'd walked into dry bar, like I'd walked into other businesses that had made this affordable luxury category a thing. I saw in my mind, I was like, oh, wait, this should be done in nails. This makes total sense. And then, so I feel like I've done so many pivots. And then, so going from like Wall Street to the salons and then from the salons to all of in June, I know you asked about the first year, but just kind of giving context as to how I got there, how I even opened that for like, you know, how we even got to where we are today is I realized that, oh, this salon experience is only serving a certain percentage of, of our community. And how do you actually serve everyone everywhere? And that's where it wasn't really a pivot, but it was a layered extension to what we were already building at Olive Engine in the salons. I mean, in the first year, I, I, the problems ranged from not being able, not like not even having a washer dryer y'all like doing it myself at my house to, um, to, really managing people for the very first time that I had never managed anyone. I had always been a producer. I was an equity sales trader. All we did was cater to clients. So I had that piece in it and I understood the client side of it really, really intimately. But man, I've never managed anyone ever to all of the decisions that go into, I mean, I bit off so much more than I could chew is really the answer. And you just, every day as one of my manicurists used to say, she was the best. She used to say, SGT, all you ever say is we'll figure it out. And, but that's how it was. It was, I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll build the plane as we're flying it. And by the way, SGT is the acronym for your name, which I think is spectacular. And I wish that I don't have a middle name, so I'm just FT. Um, I like FT. FT has a little, not, doesn't have as much the same ring as a, a sergeant, but um, yeah. <laughs> It's become a, that's become my LA nickname. It's funny. My New York nickname is Tuttle. So it's a <laughs> dueling coast situation. Funding. How did you fund it in the beginning? You have scaled beautifully and, and now you have even more uh, that you're working on collaborating with different brands. I see that is music to an investor's ears. You know, they want to invest in businesses like Drybar. You made that example for, uh, you gave that example um, where there is VC potential there. How did you go about funding it? And is VC a part of your financing journey? It's such a great question because we have such a unique funding story versus other businesses in consumer. It's and definitely in beauty. I initially funded the business with my savings from working 10 years on Wall Street. And two years into the business, we had enough success 
that the salon business was a proven concept and we could bring in investors. And then a story that I haven't really shared much is when we were raising our Series A financing, which for anyone who's just starting a business, it typically goes, and this is consumer, this is not tech, right? So I'm just looking at it from that lens. It typically goes friends and families or seed. Sometimes there's a seed extension. Then you go into Series A, B, C, and so on. And so that's for consumer. And when I was fundraising for my Series A, so I had raised my my friends and family, which is a tiny round, and my seed, which was a little bit bigger, but still in the world of funding was, was quite small. It was right in the pandemic and we were becoming profitable. And I really, I'm sure this is super relatable to a lot of people, but especially women, given we are funded about 2% of the time. So it's, it's definitely a real fear. I'm always afraid of running out of money. And so when we were fundraising for the Series A, and as we're becoming profitable, and I'm trying to raise $5, 7000000 million, an investor, an advisor pulled me aside and said, do you need this funding? You're, you're profitable right now. And you're on this path to stay profitable. How much money do you actually need? And it was a really important question and like, and then, and thus lesson for me because I was letting the fear of not having enough money, both from growing up and like, and, and my parents just being very, very strict on budgeting, et cetera. Um, and our financial system and pic- our financial picture constantly changing personally to working on Wall Street and, and, you know, always making sure you're making absolutely every single dollar for your investors that you can really gets the best of me because that fear was my biggest challenge. And I was, I really want to share that lesson when people ask about funding with other entrepreneurs, because as many of us know, like so little funding goes to female founders, but, and, and even less for women of color. But the question is like, I was able, or the push was, I was able to go back and look at the fundamentals, something that I don't love doing. I don't love looking at the finances. I like looking at seven metrics and that's it. But I had to look at the model, the financial model. I said, oh my goodness, we don't even, I mean, we barely need any money right now. And if we continue this trajectory, I don't need to raise a series A. And so we ended up not taking the money. Um, taking a very a seed extension, so a very, and that was the last time we raised money um, because we became we are profitable and we have a line of credit when we need it for you know POs etc. But I not only did I ha- not not give away this huge percentage of my business, which obviously is what everyone focuses on, but more importantly, I learned a lot more about my business than just oh we have money in the bank it's fine it's fine I'll just be the face of the business. I really pushed myself, and then in addition which is a whole nother complicated answer. But when you, the less money you take and the less money you take from VC, back to your question, the more control you have of your company, oh, yeah. the, your operating agreement, which is super in the weeds, but you get to decide who has what controls. And so that's a really big lesson for me that I want to share with others about funding. 
Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes so you can see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Did you know that I'm a podcast host and also a mind reader? Because I know that you want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising costs of inflation, to pay off your debt or your mortgage. You want to attack pretty much anything standing in the way of you and your financial freedom, right? Well, here's one solution, more knowledge. This podcast helps, I hope. And you can use Yahoo Finance, where you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need to help reach your definition of financial freedom. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, and I know because I worked there for many years, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, customizable charts, so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy. You want a bra that's comfortable. You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know wear, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. The weather's getting warmer as I record. It's a nice 73 degrees on the East Coast. So finally, time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and fingers crossed hello to shorts and tees. And I need to update my wardrobe for the long haul. And you know, I don't want to spend a fortune. So luckily I found Quince. I'm honest. I've got a lineup of timeless pieces from Quince that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karakol jewelry, and tons more. Best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I have t-shirts from Quince, pajamas from Quince, my very chic and fashionable sister-in-law Hannah, 
Her whole closet is quince. And people often stop us and ask, where did you get this? Don't tell me the price. And then when I do, they're shopping on quince.com. Get warm weather ready with quince. Go to quince.com slash so money for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash so money to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so money. Well, you basically took pages out of my new book, Sarah, The he- A Healthy State of Panic. It's all about facing your fears and not to say to ignore them. You know, your fear of financial volatility, which you experienced maybe as a kid growing up or that, you know, that expectation that money, you could run out of it. And, and so maybe that even helped you to an extent because it got you to a point where you were being really careful with your spending and how you were building Olive and June in the beginning. And yeah, you had a, you had a point where um, the fear could have made you stuck um, or taken money that you didn't need. And then you're in, you have a, another problem here of like a VC on your back. Um, and instead you face the fear, you understood the root of it, and then you Sometimes when a fear shows up, it's like, I got to just get educated maybe. I need to look, dig a little bit deeper and find out what is what I'm afraid of, the numbers. So let's face it. And you did. And you came to a much better uh, solution. And we should mention the reason you were actually really profitable, I think, I'm going to take a guess here, right before the pandemic is because you did something that was very, you had the foresight to know, like, we're going to go into people's homes. We're going to create systems. so People can do this, uh, not having to come to the LA uh, salons. And how did you have that foresight? Because everyone in the pandemic is trying to pivot to a digital option, an at-home solution. And you already had it. You had already hit the ground running. Where did that crystal ball come into play? It's so funny because I don't think I'm a person who sees the future. There are definitely, we all know those people in our lives who just can sense the shift in the world. And I do not think I'm one of those people. But this is one of those examples where we were absolutely, no one could have predicted, obviously, but we were absolutely ahead of the curve. We always have been about, and I say this all the time, so I feel like a broken record, but it's true. We've always been about letting the consumer show us what they want, what they need. And so we knew that an at-home Manny system, which is our version of um, how you re- how you get a Manny, uh, a salon Manny at home, a Manny in a box, we had that vision in 2016, 2017. We launched in 2019, to your point that we were before the pandemic. And no one could have predicted that the pandemic was going to force us into doing everything at home. But what we did understand is that we, we, we knew that the consumer across the country, essentially, you had the coast constantly getting their nails done because there was less expensive options and more manicurists and everywhere else, essentially outside of like three or four cities, people were really frustrated and they were frustrated with at-home products and they couldn't afford to go to the salon weekly, but they wanted their nails to be done. And so it was really obvious to me, okay, we need to disrupt the at-home piece of this. There's, you look at every other beauty business um, and there's all these options in at home and there really wasn't anything in nails. And so we really, we really want to, I think the other thing is like in 2020, like it was so exciting to have something that was to give people some sunshine in their lives right. in a very, you know, in a very kind of crazy time. Um, but there was a ton of work that we had to do on the inventory side. There was so much that we, that we didn't anticipate. So even though we anticipated what you would need, uh, we sold out three times. So we had no idea how much inventory to have. Um, 
And, you know, but we've always been that brand that really thinks about the, the consumer, the customer, what do they want? What do they need? I don't want to sell you products you don't need. Um, I only want to sell you stuff that you actually are going to be excited about. And so we, and then we went live every day for, se- you know, for seven weeks because we, we knew people were like, okay, I'm buying these mannequins and now I don't have no idea how to use them. Right. So, the tutorials. <laughs> yeah. So for 15 days in a row, I went live, but I don't know if it was a crystal ball or more so we, we were getting that information anyway. We knew we wanted to spread Olive in June to everyone across the country, across the world. And we also understood that there was like an affordability and a time piece to the salon yes. that wasn't that wasn't going to be scalable in the mass market. I mean, I'll be the first to say, like, I don't have time for all the beautifications. I want to do all the lashes and the nails and the hair and the this and that. But I also want to like run a business and see my kids and take occasional naps and showers and sleep consistently. And it just, I can't, but I will say that, that you're right. People are hesitant to do that, do this at home because when I do my own nails, sometimes it's not pretty, but you teach us how to do it. And you also provide the back, the support, the base coat, the polish on top. You've thought the whole process through. I think the thing for me that matters the most is that people can get like literally get salon manis at home themselves. So to your point, we have a Manny system, which is our manicure in a box. It's everything you need. All the tools are there. You have the you have the color, the top coat. You have everything you need, right? But then, as we continue to evolve into press ons, both with glue and now with tabs, what I've always tried to do is make sure those Mannies last as long as possible, as well. Like the, the products are super effective, whether it be our polish, our press ons, our care products, cuticle serum. Clippers, anything that we sell, it, we try to make sure that it's not only easy to get to get the first result, right, the salon manicure result, but then it lasts. Because to your point, people don't have time and they don't want to feel like I have to change my nails every two days. And so it's something like, for example, I'm wearing tab press-ons, so they're press-ons with sticky tabs. It's day 14. They haven't moved. And in some ways, that's too long, you guys, because like you just, sometimes you don't want to make your products too effective. Like... It's like the glue is supposed to last two weeks. The tab is supposed to last a week. But like we made our tabs really, really like adhesive, super strong because we, I, I want you to feel like you can get this at an affordable price, but to last a long time. And yeah, so there's a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. ROI. Exactly. There's cost so much per wear. Cost per wear. Diminish that cost per wear. Exactly. And like make it so that people only are changing their manicures and pedicures when they want to be, not mm-hmm. because it chipped or it popped off. Going back to that growth that you experienced, that astronomical growth in the pandemic, I mean, just to let listeners know, in 2020, I read that Olive in June grew 1,500%. It's true. And so any business that experiences that, there's a lot of excitement, but then it's about how do you harness that? How do you leverage this and make quick decisions that are important? Because you know that can be just a moment in time. How do you make it so it's not a moment in time? What were some of the changes or the decisions that you made in light of that rapid growth so that you could um, create sustainable growth. Like, you know, maybe that's not going to be every year 1500%, but, you know, so that you could at least milk it for as long as you can, leverage the momentum. I would like it to be 1500% every year. If someone could manifest that for me, that would be incredible. (laughs) Um, We, you know, we look at it in a number of different ways to make sure that we continue and we've grown every year since. So, 
I think it started with inventory and like real inventory planning, which is super unsexy of a topic, but is the backbone of what any consumer digital consumer product business, but also, you know, obviously at retail as well. So you have to have the inventory, you have to understand that demand planning. And we, we, we staffed up pretty heavily in roles that were, um, that again, that were probably more on the inventory and finance side as well. Um, as we exploded in marketing and obviously we, um, hired a number of people on the revenue and marketing side that, um, were incredible talents. I, I think we've always been able to shine pretty brightly as a brand because we have a very specific vision of how we show up. Um, but we've always wanted to make sure people know about us like, and understand how to use the products. And so education, content, inspiration is his own. And, and then we hired someone in community, right? Really be talking to our community, really be talking to our, our customers as they were navigating this journey uh, and then it was, how, where do you go in retail? Like, where do you go outside of the digital footprint that you have? Mm-hmm. And being thoughtful about which retail partners you choose and why. And so I, I think, I honestly think it goes back to what I said. And I think the first answer, which is we'll figure it out. And we just did. And I, I don't think that there's any roadmap for any business because you'll listen to all these podcasts and people will have a completely different story as to how they built it. And I think that's sometimes the danger of VC investors is that they believe it's like a plug and play of exactly how you have to execute something. And right. just like my funding story, just like our retail story, we were, I mean, we were exclusive at Target for four years. I think that's longer than any beauty brand has ever been exclusive at Target. We did it our way and it really worked and really built the business in the right way where the consumer trusted us and understood who we were, but we, we built it and scaled it in a really thoughtful way. I mean, 1500% is explosive growth. So we were just kind of holding on for dear life. I think what's notable too, is that you do have these multiple revenue streams, the systems, the polish, the press-ons, the, the salons are actually no longer. Do you have a, do you have any goals to bring back the salon experience? Emotionally? Yes. I say this all the time. I would love to. It's, a really hard thing to do when you have just a business exploding on one side to then bring in another, just a really a different business. It's, it's, I think about it all the time. I wish we could. I think it's, it's definitely not in the near term. I know we do pop pop ups all the time. We just did a, we do events. We just did an event with benefit. Like we love doing events. Um, And I, we, we also do, you know, a number of appointments at home appointments for people, but it's just not, it's really, really hard to have dual focus because you were saying like multiple revenue streams, like the polish and the systems and press ons. Like, I actually don't think of it as, I don't think of it in that way. I think of, when I think of diversifying, I think about it, uh, not about products, but about, um, how do we meet the diverse needs of all of our customers? And we have four different types of customers. We have our e-commerce customer. So it's our, uh, obviously the allofinjune.com customer. We have Target, we have Walmart and Walgreens now. So those customers, like, for example, the Walmart customer loves red nail polish. The Target customer isn't as into red, ironically, given their logo. Um, the e-commerce customer likes polish more than press-ons. So we really cater to our community in every distribution channel. And so the thought of bringing on salons when I already have four 
some, I mean, they've overlap, obviously a ton of overlap, but like unique types of customers. I just want to make sure that we're serving everyone in the right way and a thoughtful way before we add either any other distribution channel or, you know, another kind of product or another business really. I see it in your future. I, I think that is a... I would love to. I mean, I, I used to... No brainer. I think everybody at this point would, would be a waiting list to get your nails done. Can you even imagine? My friends used to call it the vortex because like <laughs> when I was in the salon, I was so into it. Like I loved our team. I love front desk. I love answering phones. I love the, like the clients when they're sitting in there. Like I wouldn't respond to texts for hours. I would be like 30 minutes late to lunches. Like I just loved being in there. Um, so I think my friends would disagree with you. They want me like, they like that I'm at a computer and I can sometimes respond in a couple of hours, but more accessible. Yeah. yeah. We would have to limit your time there, but, um, oh, more time for everybody else to go into the vortex. I know it's um, the best. It's, it's, it's really the best. Well, this was sort of kind of taking us to the last question that I had for you, which is the just life today as an entrepreneur, at, at the helm of a flourishing business, which is not to say that it, you don't have your your hard days and your failures, but how has being at the forefront of Olive and June impacted your personal life? If you were still working in equity sales at J.P. Morgan, how might your let's just say your day to day life be different? I know also you have a daughter and you have many other priorities outside of work. I mean, I would still be dressing like a finance bro. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, really? Yeah. Cause I no, see I'm I'm like, you look very like Zen, you're wearing you know, <laughs> the long hair. You couldn't wear that to. No, I'm mildly kidding. Although I love those TikToks that are like finance bros wear like fleece vests, which is like, completely yeah. True. yeah. Um, I wore suits and, and much more formal attire for sure. I, uh, you know, since I left finance, I've had a daughter named Noah and she obviously is my highest priority and my favorite person, but it's really like, I have two kids. I have Noah and the second child is all of in June. So I work more hours than I did in finance, but I have the flexibility I need to be with my daughter. And so I can manipulate my schedule now so I can pick her up from school a few days a week. I, you know, especially since the world's gone remote, we don't have an office that I'm in every day. And that flexibility comes with having your own business, which is the key difference. I intentionally really only had one child because I didn't want to split my time between her and a sibling because of how demanding all of in June is. But that those demands, I can fluctuate my schedule. Um, and I also have become incre- like personally, I become incredibly efficient with my life. Like my calendar is my life. I know exactly what's happening at all times. If I have a to do, like I don't really have a to do list. It's my calendar. Yeah. And so I've heard that. Like just put make your calendar your to do list. Like at 1:30 I'm doing that. At two o'clock I'm doing that. It's more likely to get done. Absolutely. Because the things that I focus on, my priorities in the business are obviously the day-to-day priorities of the business and being a resource to the team, but then also where do we go next on innovation? Where do we go next? Where are we going to sell next for you know our consumers? People ask us all the time, like, can you be a DIY bestie in other categories? And so those things that I'm thinking about, about pursuing and what's next has to go on my calendar. If it goes on a to-do list, I'll just ignore it. So it has to be slotted in so that there aren't seven meetings that are slotted in on top. So I would say my life is completely different. Um, much, much beyond wearing cooler clothes, but, uh, but it's also just, it's more flexible and, but it's more demanding.
for sure. My life now is 10 times more demanding than my life was in finance. But it's your demands, not somebody else's that you're adhering to. And you're, yes. And you're creating this joy for other people. I mean, we love being joy for people. It's so exciting to make people feel like their best selves or they feel, they feel confident. They feel pretty. They feel like whatever the word is that they feel when their nails are done to be a small part of people's joy, like to be a small part of their lives. And by the way, it goes from everything to you just want to, you're, you're home and you're talking to someone or you're like washing dishes or you're doing work to where, where your nails on your wedding day, right? Like you're, or when you give birth to your child, like some of these biggest moments in your life um, that you can be part of. So it's just really, it's a much better feeling for me. It fills my, what do they say? Like it fills my bucket. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard story, but like it fills my bucket. That's what they say. My daughter's in third grade um, to make people feel good about themselves. Like that's, that's really what it's all about. Well, Sergeant, thank you for spending some time with us. Sarah Gibson Tuttle, founder and CEO of Olive and June. We're fans here, Colette and I, and I think you might have found some new fans in our audience. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks to Sarah Gibson Tuttle for joining us. Learn more about Olive and June at oliveandjune.com. I'll see you back here on Friday for Ask Farnoosh. I hope your day is so money. For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy? You want a bra that's comfortable? You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. Hosting the So Money Podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money Members Club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with Tap to Pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.